listening to the Speaker Springboard Podcast with your host, Alfred Poor. Welcome to the Speaker Springboard Podcast, where corporate leaders, business executives, and other good public speakers come to become great speakers. Every week, you'll hear about practical tips and valuable resources that will help you get your message across, whether it's on stage or online. This week, my guest is Ari Mizell, who developed a chronic disease in his early 20s, which caused him to re-examine his life as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, and as a person. He's now dedicated to helping founders and executives make themselves replaceable. He shows them how to optimize, automate, and outsource all the parts of their business that they don't enjoy so that they can spend more time doing what they like to do best. He's done this for himself, spending most of his time with his family and pursuing his hobbies, including woodworking, which is an activity that he and I both share. So Ari, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Excellent. Well, so let's get to the question. Who is your ideal client? So, I, you know, my main work that I focus on is what I, I say that I help entrepreneurs become more replaceable, right? And so for me, the, and I've worked with so many different industries and different levels, but personally, the ideal client for me is somebody who is in a business that's doing between one and $10 million in revenue. And they have a, maybe a smallish but growing team but they're feeling that sense of overwhelm, right? And they feel like they're stuck in their business and they're, and they're successful. They're definitely successful and doing well, but they're becoming a victim of that success. So uh, industry doesn't seem to really matter for me so much, but that, that sort of revenue range and team makeup and, and psychology seems to be the, the right mix for me. Excellent. Yeah, that's um, kind of a universal condition. I know lots and lots of people who seem to, to fall into that. So the problem that you help them solve, is it that feeling of being trapped and overwhelmed? Is that the, the key point? I'm definitely helping them with that feeling, but we're doing that with actual systems and processes, right? That make the, the true difference there. And that's based on a number of things, but one of which is that when I was in college, I had a professor who used to say, never be irreplaceable because if you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted. Right? And I always like to think of that because the idea here is not to make people it's not to actually replace the people necessarily. We want to make people more replaceable. And ideally, we want to replace them up, not out, right? Because so many people get stuck doing the things that it's not even that they don't like doing or they don't want to do. It's just that it's not the an effective use of their resources. And we can reallocate to make that better. I had a college friend who was in a, in a position of some authority. And he had a theory that he would take a vacation that was never less than three weeks long because... If you only go away for a week, your staff can let the problems pile up until you get back. And if you wait for two weeks, only the really bad ones will be left behind and sometimes fester. But if you go away for three weeks, they're going to have to handle it without you. And I thought that was a really clever strategy. I think it's even better if you decide to not tell them how long you're going to be gone for. <laughs> That's that, I like that. I'll be back when I'm back. Right. Take care of things while I'm gone. So when people are in this situation the overwhelm, the, the trap, if they're aware of that and they try to fix it for themselves, what are some of the common mistakes that they tend to make? A lot of the feeling of overwhelm comes from not knowing what's causing the overwhelm, which I know sounds very circular, but human beings are really good at resiliency and, and habituating and they'll just work harder, right? Until they work themselves into the, the grave. But 
it's harder in some ways to take the approach. That I'm going to stop and actually look at what I'm really doing right now with my resources, how I'm spending my time, what these processes even look like. Because as obvious as that might sound, most of, most of us don't know. A good example is if you ask yourself or you ask somebody on your team, why do we do things this way, right? Why do we do payroll this way? Or why do we use this piece of software? I promise you that a lot of times the answer is going to be, well, it's how we've been doing it for you know two years it's, and it's working. It's like, well, doing things the way you've been doing them and continuing that because of it is, is not really a good recipe for growth or innovation. So the first thing is to what I refer to as optimizing, where we're really looking at how we're doing what we're doing, how we're spending our time, how much time do you spend on email, how many pieces of paper are you sending out back and forth, like really start to look at these things, track and identify, which is very easy to do because there's all sorts of tools that allow us to do that. At some level, that just bare awareness is really where it starts because then you can finally say to yourself like, wow, I'm having 14 meetings a month or a week or whatever it might be. It's usually a week or something. And uh, I don't need to have four of these. <laughs> so it, a lot of it really comes down to that, that shining a light. So I get the concept, but when you're running as fast as you can just to stand still, what's a first step that's going to give you some leverage to be able to stop and do that self-examining? I mean, do you just, just bite the bullet and just take the time? Or No, that would, that would be too easy for me to be like, just tough it up. You know, no, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's a recipe for failure. Okay. So communication is the biggest aspect of all of this, right? And there's a number of different facets there, but the number one thing that you can do, that anybody can do, is start to transition as much of your communication as possible from synchronous to asynchronous. And let me explain, right? So what you and I are doing right now is synchronous. And asynchronous is things like email, like voice messages, even postal mail to some extent is technically asynchronous. So much of our time is spent in synchronous meetings and conversations that really shouldn't be that way. For example, so I use a tool called Voxer. And the tool doesn't necessarily matter, but Voxer is an amazing tool for me. It's a voice communication app for the most part with some very unique features that are... I, I have to interject that having been on the receiving end of your communications with Voxer, I'm a believer. It's much more personal than a text or, or an email. And it's got that immediacy, but it also, like you say, it's asynchronous and you're not taking up each other's time to do that. And what people really have to understand is that this is not like a, a, a woo -woo weird kind of concept like people really do run differently throughout the day and the odds of getting two people in a meeting at the same time when they're both at their best is slim to none quite honestly and if you expand that to multiple people in the meeting it's, it's almost impossible so when you're allowing for asynchronous communication you're allowing people to communicate sort of naturally at their best so I would say that about 99% of my communication at this point is asynchronous including I do some very high level private one-on-one -on -one coaching with two dozen individuals around the world right now and it is entirely done asynchronously. I don't have a single calendar meeting scheduled with any of those people. This call that I have with you is the only scheduled synchronous meeting I have this entire week. Wow and I feel very fortunate to get that slot but yeah and so this eliminates the the, the problem of time zones and conflict and trying to find a time that you're both free. And scheduling, you know, and, and not only that, look, I'll just give you a really concrete example here. So the way I used to do coaching is the way most people do coaching. I would sit down once a week for an hour with a client every week, right? Now they can go asynchronous. So you're, it's Friday night. You're my client. You had a bad day. You yelled at an employee. You got a, a client fired you. And now you're going to wait till Wednesday for our one hour meeting to get the three minute answer that you need. Or are you going to walk out of the office 
send me a Voxer message, and maybe within an hour or two, I respond with exactly what you need to hear to then be able to not ruin your weekend and get things done. Wow. So, so how do you feel like tools like Slack channels or Trello or some of those that allow for that kind of asynchronous communication? Uh, they're critical. So Trello is a project management tool, but it is part of the sort of communication uh, sphere in a way, right? Because you can you want to be having communication about projects and tasks in that setting. Slack is also great. The key is that you actually want to have multiple communication modalities for different types of communication. Right, so typically Slack will fill the role of what I refer to as procedural communication. So you don't want to be brainstorming with people in Slack. It, it's, it'll just get untenable. You certainly don't want to be doing that over email. Slack is really great for like, hey, everybody, we have a training event tomorrow. Who can make it? Yes or no? You know, like, uh, we're doing a lunch order right now, like that kind of thing. So Slack is great, but it just it has to have its place. And this is the biggest thing is you have to be really intentional about your communication. What is used for what, when, and where? That's such great advice. The old give a kid a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. People fall in love with a platform and then try to make it do everything. That's right. And email is usually the, the, uh, the biggest culprit there. Email is to communications what spreadsheets are to data. Sometimes. So is there a, a valuable free resource that you can share with the listeners? Yes. So it actually is a Trello board <laughs> um, and it's a publicly, publicly accessible Trello board. So people can send an email to OAO at lessdoing.com. That stands for Optimize Automate Outsource. And just say, the, say some variation of tech tools or something like that. And uh, it will you'll get an email back with uh, the link to that Trello board with a ton of resources on it. OAO at lessdoing.com. Dot com. Okay. And mention tech tools. Tech tools. All right. I will make sure that that gets into the episode description. So before we close, I always like to end with what's the one thing I didn't ask you that I should have? <laughs> that, that, that could take so many different directions. Right. I think a lot of people miss out on asking me what being replaceable looks like for me. Okay. Do you want that answer? Absolutely. Love, love to know the answer. So last night, I volunteer as an EMT. So last night I worked an overnight shift and I had uh, a few different patients. That was that was a lot of fun. Pretty exciting, actually. Got home and got to make my kids breakfast and take them to school. And then I got to do some woodworking and fix some things around the house. Now I'm here talking to you. And in about 20 minutes today, I'm going to answer several clients' questions and help them make some big impact in their lives. And then I'm here when my kids get home from school and start going to soccer practice, things like that. So it's it's a very effective, very fulfilling life. It's great to hear how walking the walk looks from your perspective. That's a, a great example. Well, Ari, I can't thank you enough again for giving me the, the one scheduled slot in your day-to-day. -day. In my week. Very, I very, very much appreciate that. Thanks so much. And I hope that this is a conversation that perhaps we'll be able to continue in the future, probably asynchronously. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you or your team would like to improve the impact of your online presentations, be sure to attend the free monthly demonstration of the Speaker Springboard system. For details, go to www.speakerspringboard.com demonstration. Hope to see you there.